and welcome to Letters from the Road, stories and encouragement from your traveling friends, us, Jamie and Clay Schumacher. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode seven. Today, we're going to be talking about wild. The topic is wild. Wild? <laughs> we're getting wild today. Oh, LFTR gone wild. Oh my gosh, yes. But first, what are we drinking tonight, Clay? Aha. Well, I'm glad you asked, as you always ask. Tonight, we are drinking a beer. Yes. Is this the first time we've had a beer on the podcast? You, you make that sound like we never drink beer. We we drink a decent amount of beer. We like beer. This is... I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Me too. This is from Rogue Brewing. This is their nitro chocolate stout. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's not particularly chocolatey, but it's okay in that way. You wouldn't it's good. want it to be super chocolatey. I don't know, Clay. I, I happen to be an expert in chocolate beers. <laughs> Please do tell. <laughs> I'm kidding a little bit. But I did just have a really delicious chocolate stout. Stout? Chocolate stout, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From uh, Seaquake in Crescent City, where we were this past week. And yeah. it was uh, really delicious. And it was almost as good as my very favorite chocolate beer which is a chocolate uh, is it a porter now i'm gonna have to look it up german chocolate it's a german chocolate stout i think stout yeah we're gonna go with stout a german chocolate stout from icicle brewing it's called dark persuasion and icicle is located in leavenworth which is the cutest town known to humankind that would be leavenworth washington not leavenworth kansas everyone Uh, leavenworth kansas is probably not that cute uh never never been (laughs) But there is a famous prison there. <laughs> Leavenworth, Washington is a Bavarian-themed town in the foothills of the mountains in Washington. And they have a reindeer farm and it is whimsical and has icicle brewing, which is one of my favorite breweries ever. Yeah, the whole place is totally cheesy and amazing and our whole family loves it. And icicle, I'm pretty sure we were in Leavenworth for two weeks and I'm pretty sure we had appetizers and beer at icicle at least seven times i think that might be a slight exaggeration but only slight. i'm not sure it was walking distance from our campground and we would just be like okay we're done with work let's go for happy hour and i've never seen i don't i mean we got cans of their stuff there but mm. it was i don't think it was mass produced at all so i don't know if you can yeah, get, you can icicle, get it local there i think yeah if you can get stores. icicle in washington elsewhere maybe Maybe. Well, you I think we're about it. to find out because we're going to be in Washington in a couple weeks. Well, where are we now, though? We are in Oregon. We are Finally. out of California for the first time, really, since, since November. No. no. Well, I guess we left for Baja. Yeah. We were in Mexico for all of February. We were. <laughs> we were. That's true. Uh, but aside from that, we've been in California since November, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it has been great. Wait, um, November? No, December. For sure, December. 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 We were we were in Vegas in November. Yeah. Okay. I digress. Anyway, we we are now in Oregon on our big push up north to Alaska. It's about mm-hmm. time to start really making some logging some miles and driving a lot. But right now we are outside of Crater Lake uh, National Park, and we came up here today. Uh, we are at a county park that used to be a state park called Joseph H. Stewart County Park in Jackson County in Oregon, near the Rogue River Valley, hence the beer. Mm-hmm. And it's really pretty here. It's a really nice park. It's very 
quiet during the week. It's also a pretty early season. Yeah, super e- early. They've just turned on the water for some of the stuff here. So we're kind of like just on the early end of it. I don't think we're going to be able to do too much at Crater Lake. It's not really open yet, but I, I think we'll be able to like see the lake, which is good because that's kind of the point. Hopefully we can get up there. <laughs> we're hoping we can get there. Might need to get some chains for the tar- truck tires. Oh, goodness. I'm really hoping not. But that's that's where we are right now. We're going to hopefully see Crater Lake. It's supposed to be beautiful. And then we wait. are headed back over to the coast because Oregon coast is freaking amazing. So we probably mentioned where we were last week we did, on the yeah. podcast, but we had an amazing week. Oh, it was so good. It was... I this mean, one for the memories yeah books that's so whatever that phrase is if you're making your one list for the ages of bucket list <laughs> national parks and we can't most people will never get to go to all of them i we travel full-time and we've been to like a third of them put redwoods national park on your list <laughs> i think it's such a sleeper i mean people from around there go there obviously but i don't think it has the same like national renown as some of the other big ones and it is so good yeah, it's in way northern California, almost mm-hmm. to Oregon, mm-hmm. right? So we were in Crescent City, California for most of the week, but we, we, were, did, yeah. we did drive about an hour south of there as well to experience a different part of the park and do the Fern Canyon hike. Which is one that you've, if you know anything about the area, you've probably seen pictures of because it was in Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and it's very famous. Um, it is 100% worth a visit. I would highly recommend it. The only thing is on that hike, I would recommend where I, I enjoyed wearing my Tevas and just yeah. walking through the water, but you're, you're hiking basically along a kind creek bed. Kind deep water this time yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's, it's going through the canyon out to the ocean. Yeah. It's, it's and stunning. You're it's walking and there's all of these gorgeous ferns lining the walls of this canyon like from top to bottom and rain like trees everywhere water dripping down like Mm -hmm. rain on the sides on the ferns it's it's unbelievable it's like the kids had so much fun (laughs) it's like disney themed this canyon guys it is (laughs) unbelievable or um who who made jurassic park (laughs) i don't know it's it they have the ride at universal universal yeah must be. but this is it's like it it's every bit as cool as it looks it's not a long hike at all it is a bit of an interesting drive to get to the parking lot, though. <laughs> it's an amazing drive. To get it to was the parking so lot. cool, but it is, uh, it's not, you can't do it with a trailer or anything. No, no trailers and allowed. Probably nothing bigger than our truck would really be very good. Yeah, I mean, I think people, there's a campground down there, too. So people take something vans, a little bit bigger than our vans truck. Vans and some small classes, I think. Yeah. A mm, little bit like a, a motorhome that's a little bigger than a big truck would probably go. Yeah, but, but it's a it's a challenge. It's really fun. It's very narrow road and dirt road. Mm-hmm, very rutted and potholed. And then there's a there's water crossings to get yeah. into the Frank Canyon parking lot. And since it was the end of April and we had yeah. record precipitation oh, in California yeah. this year, the water crossing. I'm not sure how some of these little cars were going. We saw it. like a Prius coming at us after the water crossing. They were like, I would I was have worried paid, about them. <laughs> I would have paid money to see the Prius go through the water crossing because I was watching. Our, so we were part. We should back up a little bit. Part of mm-hmm. the fun of this week was that we were with not only our friends Jason Abby that we've been traveling with, but we were also with other friends. So we had kind of four families all doing some of these adventures together and it was so fun oh it was a blast nine kids it it was insanity it was so great 
And so we had four trucks, four large trucks coming down <laughs> this big old mountain hill road, dirt road thing. And we're all going through the, the water crossing. We were the first ones through um, from the group that we were with. And I looked back to watch the ones behind us and it was deep. It was like up over the wheels a bit. It, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, and we were, we're all in, you know. Big trucks. Yeah. Not. Not small trucks. All of us at one point were pulling really big fifth wheels with our trucks. Yes. And two still are. Two still are. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh, <laughs> that's our plug for Fort Canyon. It was great. And for oh Redwoods in general, the we did park. so much hiking. There's endless hiking there. I don't feel as worn out as after Yosemite somehow. I think the hiking was a little more chill. Yeah. It was a little more. It wasn't as challenging, Mm-mm. but it was gorgeous. Yeah, so we got to, I got to do uh, like a mom's hike <laughs> with the moms in our group, which was super fun. We, the women and the men did the same hike. It was uh, called Boy Scout Tree the, Trail. Yeah, it was the Boy Scout Tree Trail. The and trail we to the Boy to Scout Fern Tree. Fern Falls, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was about seven miles out and back. Yeah, I clocked, out, I clocked and six and a half total. Yeah. I think I paced around a bunch around the tree or something because I got around seven. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really, really fun. We had a really nice time uh, getting out to do that. It was nice. We went out really early in the morning for the women's one and there weren't very many people around, which was kind of, kind of relates to what we're talking about today with wild and Mm -hmm. how to get some, some glimpses of wild, even in busier places. Yeah. So, I mean, same thing for us, really. I mean, we encountered a few people coming off the trail. So we went, the same day that you all went on mm-hmm. this trail. Yeah. But we went in the afternoon, uh, kind of after I had wrapped up work. Uh, right. So we were getting out there uh, probably around 4 p.m. And a lot of people were coming off the trail when we got on it. But then we pretty much just the four of us guys had the trail to ourselves. And we had an amazing time traipsing through the redwoods, just admiring how beams of light filter through the trees and just like I almost shine like natural spotlights at one point I like stood up on the edge of a ledge in a beam of light and you know pretended I was Link holding the master sword and we got talking on old video games and you know all all the kinds of fun stuff you do with friends old and new yeah you know learned yeah. a lot about each other and about ourselves and about you know amazing quiet like wild, wild, deep woods. Yeah. <laughs> right by Crescent City. The redwoods always feel so magical to me. It's almost otherworldly. There's just like this, I don't know. It's hard to explain other than that. Maybe it's all the banana slugs. <laughs> I love the banana slugs, actually, especially the cool. yellow ones. They're so cool. They're cool looking. But no, I mean, it's just, it's great. You know, there's so much around there. We hiked a bunch last time we were in this area in mm-hmm. 2021. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do any of the same hikes this time. <laughs> but we hiked um, every day except two. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of those were with the families. Some of them were, you know, just men or just women. And What was the name of that cool road we went down to? the Howland Hill Road. Yeah, that was really fun. Oh my gosh. Howland Hill Road is right outside Crescent City mm-hmm. in Jedediah Smith Redwoods State Park, mm-hmm. which is also part of the National Park, which is kind of the unique thing about Redwoods. Yep. And 
we took our giant truck on it. There, there, are, there are warnings on the national park website that it's not for trucks or RVs, RVs. or we anything saw like that. And RVs. It was fine. We were totally fine, but it was. I mean, it's if, some heads up driving. If you're not comfortable driving what you're driving, maybe don't take it down there because it. <laughs> You're kind of threading through these redwoods that are basically in the road. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You're driving really close to these it's redwood a, and it's trees. like a one lane but two way road. Yeah, well, the whole thing. I mean, there are there are always places if you meet another car where two cars mm-hmm. can fit side by side so that you can pass, but it might not be where exactly you where you meet them. So you know, you have to pay yeah. attention to cars coming your way. They have to pay attention it's to you. It's so cool, though. Sometimes you might have to back up, but it's amazing. It's so, it like, we did a lot of driving like that this week. <laughs> it was very fun. It was an, an amazing week. I, I did wish we had a Jeep or something, though. It would have been even a little more fun. Not in the big dually. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. We had the clearance of a Jeep. Yeah. So yeah, we, that, we got that part's everywhere. nice. I just. You just don't like being so big. Yeah. I'd yeah, I mean, be me whipping too. around in something a little bit smaller. Uh, you know, someday, but it's the truck we have. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I love it. And anyway, so all that to say, Redwood uh, State National Park is great. Crescent City is really cute. Seaquake Brewing there is really fun. And it's yeah. Am I outing place. Abby too much if I mentioned that I think she went there four <laughs> times total? <laughs> Well, we went, we had a women, we had a, like a mom's uh, night out one night too. So we went there. Yeah. I went twice. I only went the one time. It was amazing. It's very good. They had really good um, non-alcoholic kombucha too. I had the chai kombucha, which sounds so weird and it was so good. It sounds really good to <laughs> it me. It was so, so good. Yeah. They had a good, they, it's great for everybody, even if you don't drink beer and even if you don't drink at all. They had mocktails and they had mm-hmm. kombucha and they had other non-alcoholic choices. So it's a, it's a family-friendly, fun place to go. Yeah, I hope you drink at all. At least drink, I mean, stay well, drink hi- some stay water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, is it, um, is it time to get wild? Ooh, I don't know. It was already pretty wild in the Redwoods. Yeah. But yeah. Let's do. Let's let's get fucking wild. Dear friend, today I want to tell you about one of my favorite things about traveling. Coming on a place that feels so untouched, unblemished, wild. When we find these places, I'm often reduced to a whisper, not wanting to disrupt sacred ground. These aren't places we find every day or even every week. Most of the places we visit are well-traveled, and being around others enjoying the beauty of nature has its own wonderful appeal. But when it's just you and the beauty, those moments take your breath away. I think a lot about a time in Maine when our campground hosts told us about a local swimming hole. Joe and I drove out to a trail midday on a weekday. After getting lost on logging roads with no cell signal, we eventually parked and hiked a half mile to the lake. We saw a few others while there, but for a long time we were the only humans around. The quiet, the serene beauty of a lake surrounded by the mountains on a perfect Maine summer day. Those live in my memory so tangibly, along with the memory of the bear scat on the beach and startling a bit every time I heard a branch snap. A little fear heightens the senses, right? 
We have also experienced popular places in this way by visiting off-season, during shoulder season, or when the weather is just less than ideal. A favorite camping spot the entire family still talks about was in the National Forest outside of Grand Canyon in March. There was snow on the ground, and it was ridiculously windy one of the nights we were there. We were cozy and warm in our camper, and the kids had snowball fights while the dogs ran around and we cooked dinner out in the sun and snow and trees. These moments, though sometimes brief, are the highlights of our travels for me. The moments of, wow, where it feels like the earth put on a show just for you. It feels like love and joy and divine presence. To me, it also feels healing to witness something unblemished, as it was made perfect and full of possibility. This is why we venture on, why we push harder and go farther. This is why we were heading to Alaska and why we went to Baja. At this point, I should probably preach about leave no trace principles. Hey friend, don't be a butthead when you're out enjoying nature. The more remote, the more prepared you need to be. Pack out your waste, all of it. Use established campsites where you can. Follow fire safety rules and generally leave the place better than you found it. I want to see all the wild places before they aren't wild anymore. I want to take it in and store that feeling in my heart. I want to hang on to that overwhelming peace, joy, and hope. I want to spend more time in awe of the world around me. May we all spend more time in awe. See you down the road, Jamie. family and including and especially me keeps bringing up that spot outside the grand canyon yeah i think it's what makes us all think we like snow oh no but that was only a little bit of snow it was just a bit of snow and it was like actually 50 degrees out during the day i think we all really do like snow we do i i have such a love-hate relationship with it so (sighs) yeah you went into it in your letter but like this was Grand Canyon South Rim. Mm-hmm. We were there early. We had no concept that the Grand Canyon, even though it's hot down in the canyon, like where you actually get to is a lot higher elevation. I mean, makes sense. It right? makes so much sense, but and it there did was not occur <laughs> to me that it was at 8,000 feet. Yeah, there was snow on the ground. I mean, as is true for that time of year. We had been down in Sedona. It was February, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I had March in the letter, but I think it might have been February because we'd been in we'd been down in Sedona first. Well, before it was that. either late February it or was, early March. Yeah, it was around that time frame, and I, yeah, I think it was. It might have been February, and I just wasn't thinking. It was like, well, it's pretty warm in Sedona. It's not like hot, but it's fine. Yeah, no, we were. It was gorgeous weather in Sedona. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was gorgeous weather in Grand Canyon. Yeah, really. it was great. Yeah, it was a little windy, but it was mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. And we just pulling up there, get up there. We're like, oh, this forest road is covered in snow. We're like, oh, we're gonna <laughs> camp. Like the the nearest like campground outside the national park is so far away. It's so far away, mm-hmm. and in the national park, it wasn't open yet. Or why couldn't we camp there? I think it was first come first served at that time of year, which would have been fine. I think the mm-hmm. main issue might have been cell signal. Actually, I think. It might have been, yeah, because we, well, we actually, were only there for the weekend, though, so I'm not sure. Well, oftentimes in national, if you haven't been to a lot of national parks, mm-hmm. oftentimes and almost intentionally, you can't get cell signal. 
Yeah. In most of the national park. Right. So before Starlink, camping inside the national parks was kind of something we couldn't really do, at least not while we were trying to work or anything. If we were working at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And it was only for a weekend, so that probably didn't matter, but... I think I had just seen this campsite on somebody's Facebook or Instagram or something. It was like, I want to go there. <laughs> the specific site? The That road, yeah. Oh, okay. The road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it almost seemed to me like we just happened upon this amazing little site off this road. I mean, like... They were all great, We though. almost didn't go down the road. Well, then we kind of like almost went a little way... Like, we almost stopped before we got that far down, too. Mm-hmm. We found a site that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But we decided to keep going and see if we found something else. And yeah, eventually we got to a point where there was definite like, uh, you know, just a couple inches of like kind of frozen packed snow still on the ground, Mm -hmm. but kind of off to the left of the forest road. And it almost made like a little loop that we could just drive around. Mm -hmm. There was already an established fire ring there. Yep. And we just set up camp in our little taximantis. And let the kids and dogs run out and play. Snowball fights. Uh, yeah, I definitely participated in the snowball I fight too. I did not, but I enjoyed watching. It was great. And just like Derby, our German short hair who was traveling with us up until last summer uh, when he passed, was overjoyed. Yeah. He always loved the snow. He really did. Yeah. He we was adopted him so in the winter. About it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember this? This is a tangent about Derby, but he, when we went to the shelter to adopt him, we took him out back to like play with him and he just ran fast circles in the snow. Wow. Yeah. I, I do remember that a bit. Yeah. He loved running in the snow, kicking up snow as he went. Yeah. He was so excited about running around in the snow for sure. I mean, he stayed with us pretty much, but we like got to let him off leash. There was no one else around. Right. We saw a couple of their vans while we were out there, but it mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty They drove quiet. by. Yeah. I mean, we, d- we did. Derby led me to a uh, skeleton of an elk or, or something that had been hunted and hung on a tree. Yeah, that was a little creepy. Long since died, but Derby definitely found the bones and started chewing on them and wanted to jump up and get the rest down. That was a little creepy, I thought. It was totally creepy and totally added to the wild feeling of this place. So I think that's an interesting point about wild places is that they always feel a little bit unsettling when they're that wild, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are so... Like it, it's just odd to feel like you're the, like the only like animal or human around. Well, there's plenty of animals. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> that's even more unsettling sometimes. <laughs> so I was, I always think of kind of the first real wild place we went, and one of the first places we ever camped mm-hmm. was this dispersed camping in the Monongahela National Forest in West Virginia, and. We kind of just got it in our head that we wanted to go out there after <laughs> after listening to Adventure Zone. Yep, Adventure Zone Amnesty. And we were like, we should just go out there. And it's what's so creepy about that place, too, is that it's like a radio dead zone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quiet zone, so there's no radio or anything. <laughs> no cell signal. No cell signal at all. Yep. No radio, nothing. Mm-hmm. And it is so cool. Like, but 
we it's very were, wild. It is very wild. And it was like a whole host of things came together on this. We, so we got going kind of late from, which I mean, always from our campground that morning. We were doing kind of a long drive. We probably planned too long of a drive. This was kind of our, one of our first trips with the Mantis. And we like stopped up at Trader Joe's in Ohio and we kept driving. And we, and we were like, we have plenty of daylight. Mm-hmm. And it we was... turned onto the forest road and we were like, we only have to go 11 miles down this forest road and we have like two hours. We're great. Well, friends, <laughs> 11 miles down a forest road is not the same thing as 11 miles down most other roads. Yeah. And it takes a while. <laughs> Especially when that the road turns to gravel and you're climbing up and down. You're basically going over a mountain on gravel. Mm-hmm. With I a mean, trailer. it's a East Coast mountain, but it's a mountain. Yeah. But like with a trailer. Mm-hmm. And we're like fairly new to pulling a trailer at all. I was very new to, pl- I was so new to pulling a trailer that I didn't even think to downshift as we were going down. Oh, yeah. So here we are like. <laughs> Racing the sun. Yes, going down going a gravel Going down a gravel road. forest road, down a, a hillside. Around like a hairpin turn. Yep. <laughs> Flying down with our Subaru, with our trailer behind it that, I mean, okay, oftentimes a trailer is bigger than the tow vehicle, but it just, it looks a little funny with the Subaru. It wasn't bigger though. It wasn't heavier. Oh, no, no. It was bigger in like space volume think so actually it's similar well it looked like it maybe anyhow it was a weird sight i'm sure and we came barreling down there and we get down to where the site these sites are along the cranberry river mm-hmm. which we hadn't reserved that's not no a thing. they're not that's reservable not a thing. And, and it was getting dark <laughs> it's getting dark <laughs> and we're kind of like going along the river and we come to the first site they're very spaced out sites like quarter mile to a half a mile in between them mm-hmm. and which we come, is amazing they're huge too I mean, they're massive sites right on the river i mean just if you have a rig and that can go there and it's something that you <laughs> you like the idea of going somewhere very off the beaten path like this is an amazing place to go oh it is. i mean we could have if we were caravanning with others we could have probably fit two to three groups in that campsite. Yeah. It's like a, the size of a group campsite. You pay for them like on the honor system. You just like little envelopes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a national forest managed like dispersed campground. Mm-hmm. And so we go down to the next site and there's somebody there. <laughs> so now it's getting, it's starting to really get close to that. And we go to the next site and there's somebody there. <laughs> so finally we get to a site where there's nobody and it's perfect. It's beautiful. We get back in. It's right by the river. Right on the river. I mean, just stunning. Huge site. Huge. The river is so loud that we can't even hear each other talk if we're standing across the site from each other. It, yeah, you have to yell. You have to yell. It's so loud. And so you get to sleep to the sound of the river and it is amazing. Two things though. Well, three things. One, I've <laughs> never really been without like any kind of cell signal for like that long. I've like, ever well we have now yeah we have now but at that point we hadn't and so wait hold on i have to are you like in the time before cell phones my mother had a car phone we had phones yeah but you didn't have signal everywhere even when i yeah when i was 18 okay and bought my first cell phone maybe ever there were a lot of times maybe ever is too but anyway in a long time in a long time as an adult i guess so that was kind of freaky. 
Another thing is that there there's all these warnings about bears. Uh, they have black bears there. Yeah. And there's all these warnings about bears. Because you're out in the wilderness and you're there's on a, a river. Americanus, the American black bear. Yes. And there are bears there because, of course, there are. you're on a river full of fish and in the forest. And, of course, there's bears. Yeah. You will know uh, if you've listened to the bear episode that we did not see a bear while we were there. But I was terrified. Terrified we were going to see a bear there. <laughs> to the point where... Even though there were only blackberries, we slept with the top down on the mantis because the mantis mm-hmm. has like a tent top and we would pull it mm-hmm. down at night so that, you know, no bears could get in. Well, it's probably smart because we made a lot of bacon in there. We did. It's very true. But I don't think they could have gotten in anyway. Of course they could have. Anyway, or wanted to. Of course uh, they would have wanted to. Whatever. <laughs> All that to say. I think it was smart to put the top down. I was very on edge the whole time we were there and hiking there. Yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, it was like at the same time so exciting. Yes. Magical to wake up in this place where there's just like you can't hear or see anyone else. Even though there's a couple of sites like a half mile away. They're like a half mile away. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it was amazing to just have that kind of just quiet and calm and then river sounds and so the signs i think freaked me out more than anything because then <laughs> then there's these signs about flash flooding uh-huh. and i'm sure it's primarily in the spring and we were there in the fall but we yeah, were late summer early fall it yeah was like, it was like august late, late august yeah mm-hmm. and i'm sure it's primarily in the spring that this happens but there's these signs everywhere that the area is prone to flash flooding i mean you're on a river right mm-hmm. So the river was running and rushing pretty good, but it wasn't high or anything. It wasn't in our sight or encroaching or anything like that. But so I see all these signs about flash flooding. And of course, we can't get a weather forecast because we are out of cell signal. We'd been back into town a couple of times to get firewood and some other things. But primarily, we'd just been at our campsite or hiking further down the road. And there were people around, but it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't populated really. And so we wake up in the middle of the night on the night before we're supposed to leave. And it's pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. Just thunderous rain. Yeah. And Which actually sounds really cool in the Mantis and oh, in the Airstream. Yeah, the aluminum, because both were aluminum. Well, the mm-hmm. Airstream is aluminum and the, the Mantis is aluminum as well. Mm-hmm. And the sound of rain on the aluminum is so soothing to me. It's cool. It's such a great sound. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot better. Rain in an RV is always loud, but the aluminum is kind of a special sound. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> this was disconcerting. It it was not soothing. And in fact, it was rather, yeah, I, I basically had a full-blown panic attack yeah, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night because we were so worried. So a few things. We were so worried it was going to flood mm-hmm. because we had no idea if it was really something we should worry about or not. And there's right. no one around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was incredibly dark like so so dark that even with a headlamp it was really hard to even like see what was going on outside and of course there were like puddles all around our rig because it was raining a bunch yeah and so we're like are we gonna freaking float away are we gonna flood it's 3 a.m we've got like three hours and a half to till daylight like what the hell do we do we can't get anywhere or do anything anyway. Right. So it's do you stay and risk yeah. being in a flood? Yeah. Or do you go and risk navigating this mountain road in the pouring rain in the dark? 
Right. And we had to get out of there in the morning because I was supposed to work that afternoon and we needed to get to cell signal. (laughs) So we had to get out of there. And we also were worried about like, I mean, and probably fair enough, we were a little bit concerned about can we get up and over this mountain in wet conditions with our setup. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think we made the right choice to stay. Mm Mm-hmm. But we were, it was still raining in the morning and we were really Mm -hmm. worried about getting out of there and like, how do we navigate this in in a safe way? Eventually a uh, forest ranger came by Mm -hmm. and uh, I asked them, hey, how are the roads? Yeah. You know, on the way out, are we going to be fine getting out? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. And it was. No worries. It was fine. So that was exceptionally exciting though. It was. And I think we felt really proud of ourselves kind of having gone through it. There is a whole host of, like, there was a litany of things we did wrong on that trip and we're afraid about that we shouldn't have been afraid about and things that we should have been afraid about that we weren't. And, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> we ran our batteries, like, completely dead. We had no idea how to manage our batteries. We weren't getting solar. We had, like, a little solar panel, but we weren't getting solar because yeah. we were in the forest. Right. And it was just, we just still had, like, the lead-acid batteries in there. And so it was just... But it all worked out fine, and we, we had going to hookups the next day. We were such so like so much stronger for like having done it, and we got like that first taste of like what happens when you really get out there, and how fun that can be, and how much you bond as a family. Oh, it was so. I could have lived without the panic attack, but fun we, until then. <laughs> and we, then it was fun. We having came through it. it. Yeah, it was type two fun. Type two fun. Yeah, exactly. We came. <laughs> And I think we weren't nearly as much danger as we thought we were regarding the oh, bears or the not at all or the river. It I was think totally fine. But if we went get back in there, your head. and I think if we went back there now, we would be like very comfortable. We have a lot more miles under our belts now. Yeah, <laughs> we camped in way more creepy places. We've even seen a bear. We have even seen a bear. It's true. I I still don't want a bear in my campsite. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. That's a good point. But I mean, like, I don't know. There's so much wild out there. Like, mm-hmm. I always think of, mm-hmm. I mean, those couple of campsites, but I also think of, like, uh, traveling the couple times I've traveled to Maui with my family. Oh, right, yeah. Maui That's a whole has... different kind of wild. And, the, and yeah. well, there's such a intermixing of, in Hawaii in general, but mm-hmm. especially on Maui. And I, I've heard, you know, on some of the other islands yeah. that aren't Oahu, even more so. Well, even Oahu has lots of wild stuff, too. Yeah, just this wild, like, so many different, like, um, like microclimates. Oh, gosh. Going from one to the next. Oh, my goodness. Haleakala, I always forget about. High desert, and then you can be in rainforest. When I think about, like, some of my favorite national parks and stuff, I always forget to put Haleakala in there because we didn't visit it with the RV. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's literally a sacred place. Oh, and you feel it. For mm-hmm. Native Hawaiians. And it feels sacred. I mean, yeah. it's so, so beautiful. And just so unique. And I think it's like, it's amazing to be there mm-hmm. and gorgeous. And like, you just feel so lucky to be able to be there. And you also feel a little bit like you're not supposed to be. I think a lot of wild places feel like that. And I think there's this like, oh man, there's so many controversy controversies, I think, over 
wild places and keeping them wild. And I think it's a really tough balance, even with things like hot springs or things like that that are kind of off mm-hmm. the beaten path. Yeah. People have different opinions about like geotagging them on social media or mentioning them on a podcast, say, or something like that. <clears throat> what are you and, talking about? <laughs> listen, these those campsites in the on the Cranberry River are on the National Forest website. Yeah, they are legit uh, campsites. For sure. And I think how being able to view these places in in the way that like has the least amount of impact is a really interesting conversation to have and i don't know that we always do it right us personally mm-hmm. or uh, collectively as like a, a community and i think we've come a long way but i think we have a long way to go it's this like such a dichotomy of visiting places gives you perspective and respect for them mm-hmm and gives you a deep appreciation for them and like makes you want to protect them and also visiting them can be part of the problem (laughs) yeah for sure and so (laughs) i i think it's really tough and it's like it'd be hypocritical for us to say not to go places right and i don't Uh, want to tell people not to go places no so it's really like you know, the I talk about it a lot or a little bit, like the don't be a butt head stuff is mm-hmm. a big part of it. And that, that goes to respecting uh local cultures and understanding that, you know, national park system is not perfect as well when it comes to you know, our entire country is basically on stolen land. And so Right. Including the national parks. And so how do you be respectful of that? It's. I'm, I think the we National Park have, Service is starting to do better about I think so that. Too. Actually, mm-hmm. they're they're like doing things like going back to like the original names of the places and things. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a small, small <laughs> drop in the. But bucket. yeah, the history of the National Park Service. I mean, it's like, a bit fraught. It is. There's some. I mean, there's or some really good ideas about like keeping places like con- conservation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And talking about keeping wild places wild. But those ideas needed to exist because we European settlers were creating problems in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Of overhunting, overlogging. Right. And, you know, kind of ruining the delicate balance of what existed before we were here. And obviously, like, hmm. Everything's always a delicate balance, and just by being somewhere, something does change, and that's right. natural and normal. But, like, respecting plants and animals, respecting people who were there before us, and respecting, you know, those who we want to have the opportunity to experience wild places after us too. Right. Right. I think it's so interesting. And, you know, you get, going back to like the geotagging thing too, it's like, well, you don't, you can't be a gatekeeper about it either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to say, well, this is for me and it's not for you. Or I'm going to vet you before I'll give you this information because I need to make sure you're, you're good enough or whatever. No, that's, that's a, not that's great. That's really, uh, and yeah, I've that seen could that. Really I've too. seen that like on like social media and stuff. And it's, it's, t- it's so tough. I don't know the right answer. And I think it's really hard to see things like, so for instance, um, in, this is before COVID and before even a lot of social media, like things were gaining traction in terms of, 
van life and RV life mm-hmm. and nomadic lifestyle. You know, I think it's come and gone, ebbed and flowed over the course of U.S. history. And so a lot of like popular boondocking spots have been kind of very busy and getting busier over the last few years. Well, a lot of them have been shut down. And it's been, and I, th- I hate that that is the answer a lot of times because that I, I, maybe that is the right answer. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if you mm-hmm. go to a permitting system, a lottery system. I don't know how you control But that almost the like wrecks flow. the spirit of I it. I know. But to, I don't know how you control like, the flow of people, but also protect. Yeah. And, like, and, and allow you people can't. to use it and also protect the environment. Because I, I, do know what it's like to pull into a spot and it's almost step into a pile of human feces that someone left behind. Yeah, and like, that feels shitty. It is really, it's very <laughs> shitty. It's very <laughs> shitty. It's a Wait, little literally. gross. It's a little gross. And so it's a lot gross. We and left that. We didn't. We did. We left there. because there was human shit everywhere. And this was in Lower Teton View uh, at, uh, outside of Grand Teton National Park. Mm-hmm. And it just, oh, that was really upsetting. We ended up going and staying in a wonderful National, National Park, Park campground. campground. We did. So. It was great. And I would stay there again because when you can stay in established sites, but I, I would put something like Lower Teton View or Upper Teton View as established sites because they've been used so much and they're well known. They're very well known. It, it, that is a better way to have a lower impact. But it's... It's tricky. Yeah, we don't all need to be out there like cutting through the brush blazing trails. No, in like, fact, we shouldn't be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so these like glimpses of wild, they aren't always places that are like low traffic. And sometimes it's it's low traffic because we went at shoulder season or because we went early in the morning. Like mm-hmm. we've been, we've had a lot of luck lately with going like slightly early to hikes yep and with yosemite that hatch hatchy hike we had the trail pretty much to ourselves there were a few there were a few people but co- mm-hmm. for for yosemite mm-hmm. it was very quiet and as we were leaving there were a lot oh, of people so many so just getting up a little earlier getting out there a little earlier will get you some of these like mm-hmm. unobstructed unencumbered views in some really well-traveled areas and if you go later too we've had that experience and uh, that's still magical, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a place where no one else has ever been. Right. For you to experience the place as it is naturally. Exactly. And I think there's ways to gather little bits of this no matter where you are. And you don't have to go out to Yosemite. You don't have to go out to... Uh, you don't, you it, don't even have to go out and hike. No. It can be your backyard. You can walk around your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It can you be can the little hiking trail down the road. It can be a lot of things. Take your headphones out or, you know, listen to your music if you, if that helps enhance your experience, I guess. But mm-hmm. walk down the street on a quiet night. Maybe it's a little cold. Maybe no one else is out. Maybe there's a light rain or something. Yeah. Maybe you can get a little bit away from that light pollution and enjoy the stars. I love getting out in the rain. I think that is a top tip for experiencing wild places, especially in places where rain is so part of the like mystique. Mm. I, if it's like a light rain and you have like a decent raincoat and some shoes that'll hold up to it, it is so fun 
to go hike in or walk or whatever in just a, a light mist of a rain and it, that part of like kind of like enhances the wild feeling right because mm-hmm. the weather is a little wild and yeah you're out there and kind of like you're doing, doing it, it anyway. anyway yeah one exactly. of my favorite hikes ever and we're headed i'm so excited in a few weeks we'll be back in this spot deception pass mm, yes in washington this was before rv life for us for us <laughs> for anyone <laughs> no one had rv left before we rv left uh, i'm pretty sure jason and abby were already yeah, on the road they were uh we were it was before rv life for us but we were out visiting family on Whidbey island and we went to deception pass and it was just us and the girls out there hiking and i don't think we encountered another soul while we were out there it was March, maybe like there was maybe like one other group we saw. I think there couple. was, yeah. I mean, it was hardly, like hardly anybody. It was like March. It was a little chilly, and it was raining. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it was one of my favorite hikes ever. <laughs> it's an amazing hike. I mean, it's a bit exposed in places for it's sure. Super beautiful, like unbelievably gorgeous, and just rocky beaches and yeah, and you get these views and... that are just like. There was no nothing. There was Do you no, remember the name of the no trail? People. No, I'd have to go look at yeah, it. Yeah, I know. We need we need to Pull find them. that. I don't know if I had all trails then even. Probably not. It it's just stunning. It's it's a great place and it's a place that gets really busy in the summer. And mm, so we were mm-hmm. there in March and was we were there in the rain and so there's like things like that where you can go have these really cool, like wild experiences in places that sometimes are busy and it doesn't I even think about like when we went to Glacier and we were there in early May and it mm-hmm. wasn't all the way open yet, but like we boondocked in this spot that often is like super, super busy. Yeah. And there are a few people. But yeah. we, a few people we had this little like corner of the field like totally to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We could look out all our windows and not really see anybody and see mountains and it was really great and felt very wild and you know, wasn't blazing a new trail either no i don't know how like completely wild it felt to me in that camp spot mm-hmm. necessarily just because it was like a pretty like yeah like open yeah not even field really almost like a dirt it was a field clearing yeah yeah there, I guess, yeah there was. A meadow yeah, and oh, actually, there was a little pond there. Behind there us. was. Mm-hmm. It was really. There pretty. was kind of like a little wetland area and yeah. pond there, and uh, Derby went and tried to, to catch the a duck. ducks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really pretty. It was. It was really pretty. Oh my gosh, it's just. I mean, no matter where you are, though. Like, okay, I was a bit of a moody high schooler. I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> I was there. One of my favorite things to do. <laughs> Was to go, especially after I could drive, but even before, to go out by myself at night. Mm-hmm. Because you get out there, it's, a, you know, most of the year at night in Iowa, it's a little chilly. Mm-hmm. And it's just you and whatever nocturnal animals are out there. I mean, it, it, you know, Iowa's pretty quiet, especially out by my folks place <laughs> and especially at night and just sitting and listening and looking at what's around you and being alone with your thoughts to me that's a similar experience yeah mm-hmm. 
even it's kind of that that big great al- great alone kind of feeling yeah even in your own backyard mm-hmm. i do think it's yeah so i think that some of the ways to get to these places is you know if you want to visit some really popular places in shoulder season like we've talked about that gets you a little bit of a more of a wild feeling or even just going early in the morning or in inclement weather another thing is like if you're willing to like go a little ways down a dirt road, sometimes that helps. Yes. <laughs> take the take the dirt road at the national park, you know, or um Oh my gosh, off the beaten path stuff mm-hmm. in national parks. Yes. Like you can go on a really popular a busy day at a really popular national park. And if you take the unpaved road. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Do it. If you yeah. have the vehicle for it. I mean, a lot of times... Most of the time, most of those, honestly, are even okay for cars. Yeah. Do you remember (laughs) we did when we were at Joshua Tree, Mm -hmm. one of the times we were in a Subaru, and we decided to do Geology Trail Road, uh, which is Mm -hmm. like a Jeep road, kind of. And it is... it's I think high high clearance is kind of advised. Yes. But like our stock... Four-wheel drive, Our stock Subaru was fine. But there was like a Camry behind us (laughs) for a good chunk of it. Do you remember that? Yeah, they were... Heading for some backcountry camping. It was just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. It's like the You're freest out there doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I don't know how they did for the rest of that road because it was pretty. Maybe they went out the inn. <laughs> oh, it's quite possible because it gets a little tricky. I There's a little bit of rock crawling. Yeah. No, I mean, not really rock crawling. Well, okay. It's not like, like a Jeep want, would do, but like. You want to be strategic right <laughs> about how you place your vehicle unless you're extremely high we, clearance. Yeah. We could have hung up the Subaru if we weren't careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, it, it's almost rock crawling. Yeah. It was but cool. Yeah, we did see people out there, though. Oh, yeah. We, we saw people out we there. We saw a couple overlanding setups camping out there. Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. It was amazing. I think, you know, and. I don't think there's been that many places where we haven't seen anybody. Even at the Cranberry River, we saw people. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw people with um, truck beds full of hunting dogs flying down the road. <laughs> and rafters, we saw rafters. It's a whole different kind of wild. Like white water, white water rafters were out there. And stuff. Wait, we cool. did? Yeah, they went. They were like, we went and hiked that forest road. Oh yes, we and did. And there see them were there. people mm-hmm. who had like put in there, and then they floated down. And yep. That was cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really neat. But there's So nowhere is wild but everywhere is wild. Is that what we're saying? I think so. I think so. I think you can find that little sense of awe kind of in a lot of places. Yeah, the wild was inside you all along. That's a little cheesy, but I'll go with it. It's <laughs> supposed to be a joke because it's so cheesy, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I kind of like too. it. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is it, though. I think it, I don't know, maybe not everyone feels like this, but it, it is, it, like, connects with something in you, right? When you mm-hmm. get that, that feeling is just, like, it's something resonating, like a tuning fork or something. It's, like, Ooh. it strikes something. Just gets you in the right spot. It just kind of, like, rings. Yeah, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. But I like it. But it's just like you take in that view and it's just that moment mm-hmm. of, you know, kind of, this no, I is tried how to... it's been for a long time. That's what's so cool about the Redwoods. They've been there for so long. So long. Some mm-hmm. of those Redwoods get to like 2,000 years old. That's so cool. We were on that hike mm-hmm. uh, and I know we should probably wrap up, but the guys uh, were on that Boy Scout tree hike 
you know, and we got to this point. We were almost done with it, but we kind of got back to this area where the trail like overlooks kind of like a little bit of a clearing mm-hmm. um, where you can kind of see like a big area with a, a whole bunch of trees, but like it, it's, you know, kind of clear in the center there and and some smaller vegetation. And it's just like, it looks like a landscape from something like Star Wars or Jurassic Park or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And it's so quiet. And all you hear is birds. And all you see is like the light from the sun that's going down, like filtering through the trees. And we all just like, we didn't say anything about it. We just stopped. Yeah. And just like uh-huh. took a breath. Yep. And it wasn't like, oh, this was, you know, the Boy Scout tree where we were supposed to like specifically branch off the trail and go see that for a second. But it was just like everyone kind of knew like, oh, this place is special. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the that's the feeling, I think. I think experiencing it with other people is pretty cool too. Like it doesn't have to be completely on your own, although I do crave that a little bit. I think doing it alone can get you to that feeling easier. Mm-hmm. But experiencing it with others is its own kind of special thing. Yeah, I can see that. I agree. I agree. So like... uh, Go find your wild. Yeah. Go hike the Appalachian Trail. (laughs) That's not... That is definitely very busy and crowded from what I understand. (laughs) Okay, well... I'm sure there's places where it's not. Yeah. I bet there's lots of lonely time too. Probably so. I think... Yeah, that being lonely sounds kind of nice sometimes. I don't know. I think especially people who do what we do, kind of everyone craves that a little bit. Find your wild and then tell us about it. Please. Yeah. Tell us about your favorite wild place. Thanks for joining us on this wild journey, everyone. And when they do go find their wild and let us know about it, how are they going to do that, Jamie? Yes, you can find us at lettersfromtheroad.substack.com. That's our substack where we put out letters twice a week about things like wild and other interesting, I hope interesting topics, <laughs> things, a little slice of encouragement and stories in your inbox twice a week. And you can also find us at Letters from the Road Pod uh, on Instagram and LFTR Pod and at Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter for at least a few more days. I don't know how much longer we'll be on Twitter, but that's where we're at. And you can find us. Uh, you can send us an email directly at Letters from the Road Pod at Gmail dot com. You can like and comment on Substack. Also, we will get that. Or um, we would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're getting wherever, some more. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it helps us reach other people who might enjoy our little Sunday night chats. Yep. Mash that subscribe button. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but we are really glad you're here and that you've joined us for these chats. We're having a really fun time doing this. And we love talking to you. And we hope to interact with all of you. So uh, let us know about your wild places or any other stories you'd like to share with us. Yeah, we're hoping to build our own cozy little fireside chat community here. (laughs) And it is really encouraging to see that we're getting some people listening. 
Yeah, we're, we're glad you're here. hearing back from people, and mm-hmm. we want to hear back from you. So yeah. please write us. We're glad each one of you is here, and we mean that sincerely. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. So uh, until next time, we'll see you down the road. Bye.